Well, we're going to have to keep building people power because obviously the money power is doing everything possible to organize and, and you know, crush us all, alternative right. media, independent media, people's movements. And we're seeing that with Twitter now been purchased by <laughs> Elon Musk, so-called world's richest man. Uh, you know, anyway, let me not editorialize too much. We're no, bring please. Editorialize. No, 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 no. I'd rather have our next guest oh, editorialize okay. because she's Fair a better enough. person than me to talk about it. We are very honored to be Joined here on the show by Abby Martin, who's a journalist, uh, host of the Empire Files. And I just have to say, Empire Files is a great new project, great new show out on the call-in app, Dosed. I was very honored to be a guest, had a great time with Abby a couple days ago talking about U.S. democracy. But if you're not on call-in, get on call-in, check out Dosed, fantastic show. Abby, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm. So, Abby, Elon Musk. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so funny because we always talk about, we always look at countries like Russia or its neighbors. We call them oligarchies because we're like, yeah, a handful of people own everything and they own the media. But actually, America's not that different. And now the fact that you have the richest man in America, as they call him, or in the world, buying up probably one of the primary like means of disseminating information by journalists that we have and just that people communicate on these days, Twitter, really speaks to the fact that we are just another oligarchy in this country. What do you have to say about Elon Musk buying Twitter? Let's start there. Where do I start? Well, first yeah. of all, great. <laughs> the big question. free speech saved. Thank you, Elon. Yeah. I mean, look, it's the, <laughs> the same people who think Elon Musk is somehow going to save free speech in this country are the same people who thought Trump was fighting the deep state mm -hmm. or that Trump was going to pardon Julian Assange. I mean, really, it's hopium. It's hopium to the disaffected, disenfranchised masses who are just clinging on to the notion that billionaires are the only ones that are the are left to save our society, right? The, the very people who have basically um, encapsulate the extreme disproportionality in terms of wealth and equality and everything that's wrong, right? The crux of capitalism, um, why we're in the state that we are today. I mean, basically it's an aggressive takeover of this huge communication platform that 23% of Americans use. Seven out of 10 of those people use it primarily for news. And this is just because Elon Musk is obscenely wealthy and wanted to prove that he could. I mean, it's not a good thing. And it's so funny, the stenography that takes place like on corporate media about what Elon Musk says and does and this whole narrative that's spun to react to him kind of similarly to Trump. Like, I think that he knows how to shape that. But this notion that he's guided by free speech absolutism is just quite hilarious to take that at face value because it makes you feel good, right? So I think a lot of people also believe that, but really he's just another billionaire who wants to control another huge media platform. And his past really says it all. I mean, he has a, a, a very sordid history of silencing critics, mm -hmm. right? The free speech absolutism doesn't extend to worker safety, apparently, because he just has crushed people who've tried to call attention to worker safety issues, crushed whistleblowers, and actually gone out on a limb and called some former employee who tried to bring attention to worker safety at Tesla a potential mass shooter. And of yeah. course, you could forget that that cave diving rescue operation, the guy who was trying to do it, a child rapist. And here's the most important thing, guys. He's a fucking rocket manufacturer. Right. He's not an outsider to the system. Yeah, national security state has completely integrated with Google. Google's an appendage of the national security state. But Elon Musk represents the exact same thing. He was using a Starlink system 
to help Ukraine launch drone strikes. And he has a multi-million dollar contract with the U.S. military as we speak to develop spying satellites. So really what we're looking at is just a warring faction of the same oligarchic ruling elite that already controls every aspect of our society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he did like smoke weed that one time on Joe Rogan's program, right? So I thought, <laughs> yeah, he was dude, cool, and he has but kids okay, with if you say all that, I mean, that's really, we forget that there's this whole PR apparatus around these billionaires that is helped by all the media they own to portray them as these really cool figures. But <laughs> go ahead, Eugene. No, I, I, I couldn't say it better than what you guys said. I, you know, I, I mean, I'm so glad you brought up that point, Abby, of the sort of the, the unity of the national security state in these people. I mean, I mean, you yourself were directly targeted by the U.S. government for the fantastic work that you did on your show, Breaking the Set. And then we saw this year, of course, YouTube taking down Breaking the Set and erasing so many of these just amazing segments you were able to do. And of course, you know, I I first knew you covering Occupy Wall Street and really raising this issue of concentrated corporate power. And I mean, it really does seem that whether we're talking about social media, whether we're talking about, you know, the uh, the regular media, whatever it may be, that in our capitalist world, we're, we're living in kind of a fantasy if we think somehow, you know, some other faction of the same people are going to be the ultimate saviors of, of all of us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the censorship is getting completely out of hand and and the notion that Elon Musk is somehow going to be different um, or an aberration or an outlier of the exact same evolution of censorship and the uh, partnership with the national security state and these tech companies with the U.S. government is just a complete pipe dream. And it's a total fantasy. And Musk himself represents everything that's wrong with society, right? I mean, he's not a great democratic savior. His existence as the richest man in the world basically just depicts the undemocratic nature of our country. I mean, you said it yourself. I mean, like we're living in an oligarchy, right? There's no democracy at all. Already billionaires owned everything. He's just another billionaire taking, you know, this hostile takeover of another platform. It's not an issue of oligarchy in the corporate media, though, it's just kind of like this culture war that they love to basically talk about personalities, and they're never going to talk about the real issue, which is who controls all aspects of our information, who is, you know, and who's doing that on behalf of who, right? The systems of power, um, the U.S. government, the military-industrial complex, and it really, it's just hilarious when the, you see this liberal outrage cycle over like Elon Musk or someone like Trump when really they were all liberal darlings just a few years ago. I mean, Time magazine basically said that Elon Musk was a a, a man god and that he was going to save the world from climate change. I mean, just imagine how insulting that is. The very people who are responsible for all of the problems, right, that represent this gross dysfunctionality, they're the very people who are going to be tasked with saving us. And I really think it speaks to a a fundamental problem, which is this utter defeatism, where the majority of Americans actually don't even associate the state of billionaires with something that's bad Mm. at all. And I think that there's this notion of like billionaire philanthropy that is somehow good. But really, the real question should be, how is it that one person can amass such wealth? And how can they actually just shape their own kind of dystopian future that we all have to live in. Because, of course, Elon Musk is going to be deciding what content is seen and what content is not seen. And scarily enough, the shit that he's said so far is actually really disturbing. Like, he basically has said, not only is he, like, kissing the feet of Steven Crowder and Tim Pool and all this other really kind of weird right-wing trolley type shit... 
But he's also going out there saying if the extreme right and the extreme left are unhappy, right, like the 10 percent of the extreme left and extreme right, then that means that I'm doing something good. And like basically saying that that's how he's going to direct and oversee content on Twitter. And for me and as people on the left, I think that that should really raise a red flag because that's not uh, you can't really link those two things together at all. And we already know communists have been purged, anarchists have been purged, and anyone who's really critical of the U.S. national security state and foreign policy line. And that's not at all equatable to Nazis saying they want to exterminate certain types of people from, you know, from our reality. So, yeah, no, I mean, I also just want to note that Elon Musk, after the coup in Bolivia, mm. uh, was because, mm-hmm. you know, he needs lithium for his Teslas. Um, and he was like, Bolivia has lithium. I can't remember the exact words I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like, I'll coup whoever I have to. And it was like a joke, yeah, we'll but he actually want. meant it. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think just to, you know, take it beyond Elon Musk here, I think it also speaks to the fact that, you know, not just Elon Musk, we're talking about these billionaires that are buying up media. Jeff Bezos, Bezos owns the Washington Post, right? Lorraine Powell Jobs. Right. <laughs> you have like Bloomberg News. I mean, who owns that again? I forget. Another billionaire. <laughs> and I mean, these are just the most blatant versions. Like all of we have, you know, you talk about this all the time, Abby, how five corporations, five mega corporations own 90% of the media that we consume in America. Uh, And, you know, it really is like we live under this media dictatorship and it's all corporate, it's all owned by billionaires. And it's beyond just purging people like us. And yeah, sometimes they'll purge the far right, but more more often than not, it's people like us, it's people on the left. Beyond just that, there's also the algorithmic suppression that we all have to deal with where there's these private algorithms none of us can see, uh, and we don't know exactly what they're doing, but we know that they're suppressing us and boosting CNN. That's as much as we do know. And also, to some degree, boosting these far-right figures who just amass these crazy, insane followings, even though they're totally mediocre and boring. Um, But that's to say, I mean, what does it say about our culture that we have these major social media uh, companies that control all the information, are private, are monopolies, and you don't even have any discussion about national them and then are also in bed with the national security state. I mean, that's not a that's like the opposite of a free press where we're having to like scream into a black hole while people like Elon Musk literally control what we what people can see. Mm. Yeah, and I love how a lot of people re- will respond to this and be like, "Oh, so it was okay for billionaires to own this and that." It's like, no, dude, <laughs> like no billionaires should own any of these media outlets. That's the very problem. But of course, you have the liberal media outcry outcry in this outrage cycle just about Elon Musk. And there's no actual conversation had about what you just outlined, which is what is the public square? What is what is the role and responsibility of these huge tech companies who curate our reality for us? And at the beginning of the internet, it was this egalitarian notion that we could all buy into these platforms and we could all have an equal say and that we could all accumulate an audience that could counter someone like Rachel Maddow on CNN. And that's precisely what did happen. And that is what scared the establishment so much that they had to blame this notion of fake news and Russian disinformation and basically RT on the fact that someone like Donald Trump rose to power instead of taking stock of their own failures taking stock of what led to this point, which is actually Donald Trump is a perfect outgrowth of our society. It makes perfect sense, right? But yeah, no, what they did instead was blame this kind of obsolete network like RT and use that platform 
of this critique of RT to basically censor, have this whole censorship campaign across all of social media where the algorithms were put into motion in 2018 forward and everything was backpaged in, ter in terms of independent press, alternative media, and it didn't matter if you were state affiliated or not. In fact, if you were affiliated with the wrong state, then you were deemed an enemy, right? And so you were backpaged as well and suppressed. And so here we are today where we bought into all these systems, but the systems turned their back on us and in a very scary way because there was no law in place. It was just an acquiescence and a bowing down to the government mandate at that time and playing along with this game that we need to fight fake news, disinformation, but really who's determining that? And when you looked at this black box that was determining who was and who was not a Russian bot or who was spreading fake news, it was all determined by think tanks funded by defense contractors working with really shady characters. And in some cases, Daily Wire, um, you know, Atlantic Council. It was just so cartoonishly done and it was just so obvious that it was to tamp down on what the real threat was, which again, going back to RT and the DNI report, the real threat of RT's existence was the fact that it aired grievances and issues that liberals and a lot of conservatives want to completely sanitize from our worldview. So they don't want us to see the massive inequality, the massive disparity that exists in this country. 60% of Americans not able to survive paycheck to paycheck. This is the reality they want to obscure from you because then they don't have to deal with it. And so that's where we are. We're, we've been relegated to this third rail of the internet and now we're just left to pick up the pieces. And that's what's really sad, this disenfranchisement that leaves tens of millions of people believing in the narrative that Elon Musk and other good billionaires versus bad billionaires are going to somehow save aspects of our society. And it's a really um, stark disassociation and disconnect with the real fundamental problem of this country, which is the existence of billionaires in the first place and that representation of the extreme despair and inequality uh, that manifests from capitalism. You know, I'm so glad you you mentioned that and, and this building on this this sort of shadow game between different factions of the billionaire classes. It one of the things that seems so dangerous to me is that, it, and it also alludes to what you're saying about you know Musk and some of the people he's now sucking up to as he buys Twitter, is this idea that there's some like rampant left-wing elite bias that controls all media and all social media and that like the real alternative anti-system hegemonic media are these you know well-funded right-wing outlets i mean you know some of the people we've already mentioned you have the bari weisses going for the more sort of highbrow crowd you have the daily wires all these people and they're trying to adopt this this guys i mean people like donald trump jr the son of a billionaire <laughs> that they are somehow like the alternative the brave and voice <laughs> it's it, yeah it seems absurd but i think people feel so marginalized rightfully so because of the the tight control of our media that i think a lot of people kind of look at that and say yeah yeah that is oppositional and it draws them into a politics that is in fact in no way oppositional and no way challenges power well exactly i mean the the counterintuitive nature of thinking that elon musk is a renegade billionaire the term cancels itself out he is the richest motherfucker on the planet and he's only been given the wealth and amassed the wealth that he's had because of government subsidies. So it's kind of the notion of socialism for me, but not for thee, at the same time being vehemently anti-worker, vehemently anti-union, and also pro-censorship when it comes to critiquing or silencing his own critics. But you speak to a very important current and a really disturbing one that's going on today, which is this notion that anti-establishment politics is essentially folding yourself back into capitalism and the worshiping of billionaires 
billionaires like Elon Musk or someone like Donald Trump when really they represent the exact same oligarchy. But they've somehow painted liberalism as the core problem where liberalism is really just an outgrowth of the privatization model. I mean, what's sad about it is this hijacking of real problems, right? And exploiting those issues and hijacking them into this superficial mold where now they're associated with like woke identity politics and how identity politics is the root of all evil and this notion of cultural Marxism taking over our country. Really, it's completely cartoonish and so far off of, from reality, right? Like what are the conditions of our reality right now? And no, it's not about wokeism, right? These are real fucking issues. Representation, um, political representation, racial re representation, diversity, LGBTQ equality, trans rights. All of these things are real, but the problem is that they have been marketed and branded into like advertising campaigns and adopted by giant massive corporations because they want to make money and they want to sell products to rich liberals. And the rich liberals see a black box on Walmart and they're like, great, I checked my box of, of supporting Black Lives Matter. Right. And then you have the outrage cycle of the reaction to the corporations doing this and you have conservatives actually thinking that these corporations are somehow left, dare I say, even communist. And so you have just this completely warped understanding of the reality that we live. And it's really hard to wade through it and navigate it and actually explain to people, no, we're so far off from that. But just because liberals have adopted this kind of rhetoric doesn't mean that these things aren't relevant and aren't good. They've simply defanged the revolutionary potential of all of these issues and folded it into marketing. And we have to be better than that. And we have to rise above that. And we have to understand that, yes, these issues are very valid and worth fighting for the liberation of trans people. We're fighting for gay rights. But the thing is, we can't give liberals an inch and say, no, we've won that battle moving on. We have to fight that while at the same time fighting the real system, the real core of the problem here, which is uh, what all of these things are an outgrowth of. And we're just being played like fools fighting each other. Um, and it's really unfortunate because people like Jordan Peterson have capitalized on this and people like Trump. And we're just left to basically explain to people, no, that's so far off from the reality. But the question is, how do we get back to the basics here? Because it all goes back to media literacy. And then we go back to the problem with billionaires controlling everything, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just like... It's wild. Well, you know, Abby, I know your time is very valuable. We could talk for you about this all day, but I think what people really should do to fight back against all of this is to do what they can to support programs and institutions like The Empire Files. And I'll just say it one more time. Your new show, Dosed, on the Colin app. Get the app. Check out the show. Great music. Great conversation. Your phone calls. I had a great time on there. I think it's a fantastic new addition to the fantastic work you're doing in Empire Files. But we really, really appreciate you giving us some of your time here on the Freedom Side, Abby. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It was fun.